transportation needs in the Sioux Falls community? And our, the answer came back very quickly, a very surprising nothing. Uh, so we knew we had to do something, so we did. Uh, but being two fathers with uh, families and day jobs, uh, we, had, we decided to join forces with other kingdom-minded men in the Sioux Falls community. Uh, and we formed our own 501c3, and we called it Cars for Life, and it was wonderful, and we channeled a whole bunch of these resources, and, and we developed relationships all throughout the whole city, other ministry partners, uh, you know, car shops, car dealerships, um, you know, car supply stores. I mean, it was, it was, it was wonderful, and we, it took us years, and we, we got it going, and we had just started to see some traction. We started seeing some fruit. We started donating some cars. We started making a couple, you know, emergency repair assistances for those who were in need. And it was great. And we were just, you know, the airplane was just taking off the runway. And right as we were just, you know, pulling back on the oak stick and we were taking off to take flight, our world came crashing down. A friend of ours introduced us, uh, a, a ministry friend of ours introduced us to uh, a gentleman who was moving into town. Uh, into Sioux Falls to start a full-fledged car repair ministry, uh, one that he'd been doing successfully in Rapid City for the better part of a decade, and basically the exact same thing that Dave and I had been looking for for, you know, two-plus years. Uh, and we looked at each other and we were like, what? Uh, this person's name was Joe Smith, and as you, as you might have guessed, or as Dave probably already spoiled, um, he's sitting with us here today, and you're here from with him, and just... Two seconds, uh, but Dave and I quickly got to know him. We realized that he loved Jesus. We realized that he knew more about car repair ministry than we ever would. So we were faced with a decision, and it might be a decision that some of you are facing here today. Was it time to build up, or was it time to tear down? Could something beautiful come from the ending of our little ministry and our dream? Life Church, you get to be the judge today. Let's give a warm welcome to Joe Smith of Shift Garage. So. Well, thank you. I was trying to figure out if you said Dream Crusher two times or three times in that <laughs> introduction. Is You've that done that before. I thought you were going to clean it up for church, but no, not, <laughs> not at all. Is that better or worse than a car crusher? Oh, worse, I okay. think. That's, some cars need to be crushed. I they think, do. For sure. um, Joe, you are quite simply an awesome dude, and we're very thankful for you to be here today. On behalf of Life Church, uh, we are very inspired to see the work that you're doing in Sioux Falls, and we're just glad to partner with you. Yeah, so, thank you. Uh, I shared a brief version of Pastor Dave's and my story, but the shift story goes back way before ours does. So. Would you like to share that? Yeah, with it was all of us actually today? pretty similar to what you shared about man. When you're, if anybody here's a car guy, if it's in your blood, there's nothing you can do about that. I don't, I don't know how you would get away from it. You just have to be around cars. And so my whole life, I've had to be around cars, car shows, working on cars, anything. Um, and interestingly enough, my dad hates working on cars. Um, tried to avoid that as much as possible. So it's not a, not a hereditary thing at all. But it's definitely a part of me, and I came to uh, a realization much like you, like, is there a way that we could, that we could help people with this? Uh, something about a car program. So what I noticed in 
the town I was in, Rapid City at the time, man, we have resources for everything else. We have resources for housing, clothing, food, job skills, furniture, whatever you need, but we don't have anything for cars. There's nothing, uh, I won't go into cash for clunkers when the government tried to help out with cars, but uh, aside from that, I don't know anything anybody else has done uh, to try to do it, and both cities um, are so spread out. Rapid has a big hill in the middle of it, so it's spread all out, and Sioux Falls is just flat out big. Um, you gotta have a car, I don't know how you wouldn't. Um, there's public transportation in both cities, but it's very limited and lacking. Um, and if you have any special circumstance at all, and if you're in poverty, you do. You work odd hours, or daycare times are weird, or something's going on. Um, multi multiple people living in the house, like multiple families living in the house, and everybody sharing transportation, it's just not gonna work. You've gotta have your own car. I don't know how you're gonna get around without it. So definitely saw that need just like you did. That's excellent, Joe. Um, can you perhaps just take us right into the mechanics, pun very much intended, <laughs> uh, of, the, of like the repair process and the typical process that when somebody comes to you and needs help, what, is it, what does it look like? What do you do? Sure. Yeah, so again, September this month was 10 years we've been going in Rapid. We've learned a lot. We know a ton about how not to do this um, because we've done all of those things, I think. And so what we've kind of landed on, the way it works right now, most people apply online. Um, we do have paper applications around town. You've always got to remember with this ministry, you're helping people that have car problems actively right now. That's why they're looking for me. So we can't just have resources in one spot. We've got to have them around where people can get to them. So they apply. Uh, we call them back right away and get them into the shop for an estimate. So. Shift is uh, Wednesday night in Sioux Falls right now. What you think of as volunteers fixing cars, that's Wednesday from 6 to 9 p.m. So we get them in for an estimate. Whatever they say is wrong with the car, we look at the entire car um, because a lot of people don't know what's going on with their car. Um, and we, we make a breakdown. Hey, here's the things that are wrong with your car. These are real serious. These can kind of wait. These you're going to need to save up for. Um, and then we look for payment from them on what they want to fix. So the way it works, we get prepaid just for the cost of parts. We don't mark up parts and we don't charge anything for labor because we're just volunteers. So if you've had your work, car worked on recently, labor is a big part of it. So in general, we turn an $800 repair into a $200 repair. Then to that estimate, we add a little fee and the fee is an incentive to get them to go to either a budgeting class uh, looks like in Sioux Falls we'll be going with community outreaches budgeting class that they put on. We know cars. We, we're okay with money. Actually, we spend all our money on car parts, so we're actually not good on money. Uh, so they know money better than we do, so we have them teach money. Or we teach a car maintenance class, a pretty basic car maintenance class. And if the client attends either of those, we just give them that fee back uh, in cash. We don't want to keep it. We want them to go to the class. It's an incentive to get them to do that. So that client that came in on Wednesday, they paid for their parts, that's next Wednesday's repair. So the next Wednesday we'll do half estimates, half repairs, and then those estimates that pay are next week's repair. So we're always a week out on that type of deal. So that's the main thing that we do. Um, we're too new in Sioux Falls for me to give you numbers. In Rapid, we do 150 cars a year is what we've been doing in repairs. Then the other thing we do is we take in donated vehicles we fix those up and get them to people that need them. So 
very similar deal. If you donate a car and it needs front brakes and a windshield, I'll be into that car at my cost for like $350. The person, once they're approved and, and a, a ministry partner deems that they truly need a vehicle and it's going to make a difference in their life, they basically get access, private access to this car lot where that car would be available for $350. So let's say you donated a car that's worth $2,500, $3,000. They can get that car for what we put into it. So we're not looking to make any money. It puts us at a, a zero uh, type of deal. So we're not demotivated to move on to the next one. We can get them out just as fast as we're getting them in. And in Rapid, we do 25 or 30 of those a year. Uh, I think to be relevant and actually make an impact in Sioux Falls, we're going to have to do much better than the 150 and the 30. Uh, it's just a bigger place. Driving around uh, the areas of need and just the population, Sioux Falls, we're going to do a lot here. We're going to have to scale up to really make an impact in it, for sure. And I think I speak on behalf of all of us. We're excited to help you do that. Yeah. Um, so, uh, Joe, would you mind, uh, you did a wonderful job sharing a lot of the different aspects of the ministry with us there, but um, I think we all probably ha have needs to help with cars right now, whatever walk of life we're at, just if you own a car, you have car problems, it just comes with the territory, but sure. I don't think me with my old, you know, Junker Honda side project that I want to turn into a drag, you know, <laughs> Uh, a champion. I don't think that's the kind of repair that you're doing. So can you hit, to help us figure out who are the people you're trying to serve? And I mean, do you have any stories that you'd like to share that are Yeah. Relevant? Well, it's car repair. So obviously we mostly fix Chevys. I mean, everybody probably knows that. Uh, uh, there's a lot of Chevys at the shop. Um, we're, we're helping people. It's Single parents, low-income families, that type of deal. People always ask, what's the vetting process? Who gets help and who doesn't? It's almost a reverse vetting process. The cars that we see are not, not a car that you're driving because that's your favorite car. Uh, last Wednesday, we fixed four cars. Three of them were over 200,000 miles. One had 263,000 miles on it. You know, I, I believe that you need the help, if that's what you're bringing me. A 2002 minivan with 260,000 miles on it. Um, these folks are using the car to get to work, medical appointments, take their kids to school, that type of deal. Um, I'll just share a quick story, one of, one of my favorites from, from way back. So this was back when we did our own interviews for the cars we got to people. And actually at that time it was just a free car. Um, we would get somebody and this, this girl came in and she said that she needed a car. And one of my favorite questions at the time was, okay, so let's say you get this car, what's different in six months. How's your life gonna change? And she said, well, I'm carpooling to work so I can't get more hours that are available to me. I could get more hours if I had a car and then there's actually a better and cheaper daycare that is just too far away and I don't have access to it. So I could get more hours at work, get my kid in this better daycare, I could move out of my parents' place, she'd just come out of a real bad relationship uh, and kind of get on with my life. And so we awarded her a vehicle and then she did exactly that. She got more hours at work, moved the kid to the better daycare. Within six months, she was out at her own place. Uh, she started attending the church. So Shift was part of a church uh, for the first seven out of the 10 years. She started attending that church. Then she started bringing her entire family to that church. Uh, after we got her the car, two years later, I actually got to baptize her uh, <laughs> at the church. Um, 
the, her family's there every week. They're still there. And that was eight years ago, must have been. And last time, I actually know where she works. I talked to her in Rapid. She actually drives a better car than I do now. So <laughs> maybe I should get uh, it together. I yeah, but you, you driving your Ford, that's not a very difficult uh, thing to say, however, Joe. So, um, <laughs> but still incredible. Um, Joe, can you, can, you, uh, can you tell us a little bit of how Shift is funded? And the, yeah. the funding model's a little unique. Well, the first seven years were easy, right? A church gave me a credit card, and I just swiped it all the time. That was great. Uh, that was super easy. Um, but there was a time where in Rapid, we were just we were outgrowing the church, kind of. That sounds weird because we were at one point we were a Bible study in that church, but we had grown, and we were we were addressing the entire city's transportation needs, and it became apparent to me, and I'm pretty sure the financial director at the church that they should not be responsible for fixing transportation in the entire city and that if we were going to go that big we were going to kind of have to move out and so we did that uh, like I say three years ago and so that church kind of said so we're going to step down our financial contribution over the next two years and so that kind of let us get on our feet a little bit um, other churches have donated we've had a couple of small grants come in um, some of the donated cars we end up selling. So pickup trucks, stick shifts. I don't know if you know, nobody can drive a stick shift. Uh, we tried to give them away for forever. Uh, we couldn't. So we ended up selling them, um, you know, a convertible, something specialty like an older Cadillac or something. I love them, but they can get real expensive to repair. So we're not really helping a single mom out by getting her something like that. So a lot of those cars we sell, and that really helps us fund the ministry. If, if you donate a car and we end up selling it, it'll probably help eight or ten families instead of if we had gotten it to a family, it would just help one. Um, so that's a lot of the way we tried uh, car detailing. We were doing car detailing in Rapid on a big level. We were detailing for the Ford dealership. We did awesome work, um, but that kind of fizzled out, and now that Ford dealership has about six F-150s on the lot. So not a lot to detail. That kind of fizzled out for us. And so I think what we're moving forward with is the sale of some of the cars. I think what I have seen about the community here is that they're generous enough to donate enough vehicles that we could fund ourselves through that. We could get a bunch of families. We could fund ourselves with the rest of them. Um, we've worked out some partnerships with car dealerships for their lower-end trade-ins. They'd rather get a tax write-off from us than the amount they're going to get at auction or the crusher. And so we're kind of exploring some of those options. But I think there's definitely room in there for us. We're a weird duck because we're a nonprofit, but we're also a used car dealer. Kyle likes to give me a hard time about being an ordained minister and a used car salesman at the same time. <laughs> but there's probably a right way to do it. We'll find it in there. So. <laughs> it sounds like the setup to a joke. I understand. Like, it, it totally it does. It does, but it's, but it's <laughs> the complete opposite. Uh, that is wonderful. Um, maybe... Joe, could you speak in it? we got to wrap things up here in a minute yeah. just for time. But um, I, one of the most unique things about this ministry to me and really and today for when we started getting started in this is the unique opportunity presents volunteers. Uh, like, like you, um, you know, I, I had to buy my own Phillips screwdriver set growing up. <laughs> and, you know, I had, to, I had to learn mechanics, you know, I had to kind of, you know, force my way into it. And, you know, I'm still nowhere near the point where I could tear an engine apart, you know, it's where, you know, I have friends like you for. Um, but, uh, but even I, with my skill set, can get my hands dirty 
and move the needle forward for some people who need the help in a big way. Can you sure. talk a little bit about like what specifically the volunteer process is and like what skill level you need to yeah. get involved? So I think this this presents a unique opportunity for a church to partner with this type of guy. I'm using myself as an example. And, I, and remember, I went to Bible school, became an ordained minister. As a car guy, as a tactile, like, using my hands kind of guy, if you put me in a Bible study and ask me to read a chapter of a book, first of all, I'm already upset about the homework, right? Like, that's, I'm already, it's not great. And you put me in a room and ask me to share in front of 20 people how it made me feel, uh, sometimes that doesn't go over the best. You know the kind of guy I'm talking about. You can picture people in your life that are like this. There's not much in traditional church for that type of volunteer. Maybe they spread salt on the sidewalk or shovel in the winter or something more, you know, using your hands kind of thing. You guys have the leaf thing coming up. I think that's awesome to get out and just show people Jesus through that. Um, but this is a unique opportunity for that type of person for sure. Um, there's no skill level required, honestly. So again, I went to school to be a pastor. I didn't get to go to school to be a mechanic. I, I kind of always wanted to do that. But Shift is a great place. You can, this car that we're working on, you can show a guy how to do what you know how to do. And then you can literally step over here and learn how to do something on a car that somebody can teach you that they know that you don't know. Um, so we don't have a skill level requirement. I pay really expensive insurance uh, so that we can have volunteers working on cars. Uh, that is hard to sell to an insurance company, uh, trust me. Um, but yeah, so anybody can work on cars. One of the things we've learned over 10 years is to stick to the kind of car repairs that volunteers can do in a three hour window. Um, we used to just do anything and everything. That was a terrible idea. Um, and so now that we stick to what we know how to do, things go much more smoothly, a lot more happy endings. We don't really have any um, complaints about our repairs. We just go in, do what we know how to do, and we get out. And um, it's also a super unique place to this type of guy that I described that you're not going to get much out of a life group. Man, if they're under the hood of a car, I'm literally here all the time. Hey, so I know you've got that foster daughter that wasn't listening to you like because you're not her real dad. Like, How's that going this week? Is there something I can do to help you with that? Those kind of conversations happen all the time. And then obviously the people we're serving, we've already put Jesus in a good light, right? It's a Christian organization. We're helping their car. We're fixing their immediate need and getting them some tools for the future. We've already, they already like us, things are already going well. It's such a easy, like, t-ball about presenting the gospel to them and and bringing God into it a little bit more. It's just a unique opportunity for that stuff. Yeah, it's very, it's it's not forced, it's completely natural, both, like you said, for the person receiving repairs and also for those volunteering. Yeah. Um, And, you know, what what a wonderful way, too. I mean, I know this personally, uh, what a great opportunity if you are like that. You know, we all have friends who are trying to get in church, like Dave's talked about, you know, with, you know, some of the youth in the community. Well, it's sometimes a little bit harder. Hey, do you want to come to a Bible study in church? Well, hey, how about you come wrench on some cars with us, you know, for three hours, and the discipleship and the fellowship that takes place there uh, can be life-changing. Absolutely. Um, so, Joe, uh, just two more questions for you. What is Shift's biggest need right now? Right now, it's volunteers is the main thing. Um, We've got the shop completely set up. We're reasonably funded. I don't know that I should ever stop asking for money as a nonprofit leader. Um, That's always going to be a concern. But right now, it's volunteers. So the word has kind of gotten out that this help is available. In the poverty community, 
if cars start getting fixed, they spread the word real fast. And that started to happen. So I'm getting plenty of calls from people that need their car fixed. And I'm just limited by the number of volunteers. Obviously, the number of volunteers will directly affect how many people we can help by the end of the year. So we need a few more people for Wednesday, and then I really need to add a Tuesday night that would mimic what we have in Rapid, Tuesday and Wednesday from 6 to 9 p.m. Um, to get those volunteers is huge right now. Awesome. Well, Joe, that ties nicely into my last question. How can we learn more about Shift, and how can we get involved? Sure. Uh, we have a great website, shiftgarage.org. I've got brochures and air fresheners and stickers and everything at the back table. I'll be around uh, for your fellowship time after this. Um, but yeah, thanks so much, guys, for, for having me. Um, you have a great church. The, the leadership team that prays over each and every one of you every Sunday, it was such a neat time. And um, yeah, you guys have a great thing going here. Thanks for letting us be a part of it. Thanks, Joel. Yeah. Thank you, Dave. Thank you, everybody.